There are 377 blocks to the next difficulty retarget. The total Bitcoin market capitalization is $319.6 billion. There have been 416 days that have gone by since the last Bitcoin all-time high in U.S. dollar. The number of total reachable Bitcoin nodes in the network is 14,170. The current total capacity on the Lightning Network is 5,111 Bitcoin. The current Bitcoin price in U.S. dollars is $16,608. The current block reward value is $104,834. And as of today, Saturday, December 31st of 2022, it's New Year's Eve, the current block height is $769,735. Griff, are you ready to hash this thing out today? Nick, I am. And you want to know something? I think I'm very happy to do this episode today. I'm really excited to get on this morning because this is going to be the first edition from the Nick and Griff, Sh- Griff show of Satoshi Saturdays. It's going to be a short form of Satoshi Saturdays. Griff. Well, so we're going to just highlight three stories and we're going to kick this thing off by giving a pretty basic high time preference or low time preference story. And then we're just going to go over a few stories that we saw in Bitcoin news, Bitcoin, Twitter, Bitcoin world, lightning world, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we're going to venture far, far, far away from anything that has to do with anything other than Bitcoin. Wink, wink. <laughs> But I would say my uh, lower high time preference decision or what happened to me this week was, man, I was playing Madden, Nick. I was playing Madden. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm up 14. I'm kind of putting it to my friend and I want to kick an onside kick after I score. And I ended up losing like four straight yesterday. Right Mm. after I lost onside kick, he scores. I throw a pick, he scores. It's all bad. And I just feel like as a coach of that Madden team, (laughs) <laughs> it was really like my fault. It was a very poor time preference decision. I wanted to put him in the dirt now instead of just playing my game and keeping it going. But how about you, sir? Do you have any lower high time preference decisions you'd like to highlight for us this week? Yeah, I think uh, for me, the the thought comes around the idea of discipline, right? Discipline is typically making the difficult decision that is the right decision, Right. It's making the low time preference decision. So we're right around the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, right? A lot of food, a lot of drink, all kinds of stuff happening. It's easy to get out of your routine. It's easy to get off your diet. It's easy to miss the gym, whatever it may be. Um, we, we made a low time preference decision that we're going to be super disciplined through this time. And we have and uh, and still are. So that's that's kind of been the, the low time preference decision we made over the past couple of weeks. No, I love it. So to get into the first story that me and Nick had saw over the week, and it's actually been a theme, I think, for Bitcoiners. Uh, I mean, for as as long as I've been in Bitcoin, remittance payments and sending money globally has obviously been a big deal for Bitcoin and what Bitcoin is trying to solve. And actually, as of December 22nd, it looks like Coin Corner partners with Pouch to expand Send Globally service to the Philippines. And they are actually going to make it available for people in the UK and Europe to send British pound or euro using the lightning network into the Philippine peso. Very similar to it seems how uh, Strike has it set up with Nigeria and some other countries. I think what's really interesting about this, Nick, and obviously for all Bitcoiners or people just getting into it, 
the average remittance fee in the world right now is about 7.4%. And if you're sitting in the Philippines, almost a third of their total GDP is receiving remittance payments. And that roughly is about $33 billion a year. So I would say that getting lightning to them and making it available for free and instant payments and also just receiving free and instant remittance payments uh, could be pretty game changing. But uh, I don't know what you think about that, Nick. I mean, China is $64 billion a year. India is $69 billion a year. Mexico is $31 billion. And they've been talking a lot about this. Um, and Nigeria is one where Strike has partnered with, I believe, a smaller lightning service provider over there in Africa as well, uh, similar to this Coin Corner partnering with Pouch uh, over in Nigeria, which is the fifth country, which is twenty-two billion. It looks like Bitcoin is already knocking out to the top five. But what are those? What are those numbers? You said uh, those are how much people in those countries are paying for remittance payments. Is that what you're? That's saying? how much they're receiving. That's that's how much they're receiving annually in remittance payments. Okay. Those are the top five receiving, and this was as of 2021. The top five are India, China, the Philippines, Mexico, and Nigeria, with an average fee of about 7.4%. Wow. Obviously, I think it it is important to note this piece. Um, and there's there's several different things you can read about this, but this piece here says Send Globally utilizes the Lightning Network to convert one fiat currency into Bitcoin which is then sent over the lightning network to receive to a receiving entity, which then converts that Bitcoin into another fiat currency, effectively making global payments instant. This is pretty, this is pretty wild because, okay, even if you don't believe in Bitcoin as the future of money, you can still utilize the Bitcoin network to make instant payments globally. Right. And this is how it works, right? This is kind of the, the over overview of how this works, right? Let's assume that Griff is somewhere in you know the opposite part of the world, right? And I, let's say that I'm uh, um, I do transactions in dollars, and Griff does transactions in some other currency, right? Well, let's no for this example. Let's say it's the Philippine peso, and you're let's, doing let's it. Say it's the Philippine peso, and okay. you're a young gentleman, and you're in the UK, and you're making quite a bit of money, and I'm a family member that you have back home. Yeah. So so I'm I'm getting paid in euros. And I'm gonna I'm gonna send my money over to Griff that's using the uh, the Philippine peso. Uh, this how is how you do that, works. huh? This how is how you do works, that? Right? You use whatever their platform is, right? Send globally and pouch. We, you use their their uh, their platforms, and I would take my my uh, euro and I'm gonna send it to Griff. And what what this does behind the scenes, right? You don't interact with this. Does this behind the scenes? It automatically spot buys Bitcoin with that euro, sends that Bitcoin across the the, the lightning rails, and then automatically spot buys the uh, in this example the Philippine um, peso, and then gives you the Philippine peso. And I sent my euros, and you get pesos, and and that happens without us ever knowing it. That's a cool way to interact with the Bitcoin network without actually having to buy or own or hold Bitcoin. Absolutely. I mean, I think the Lightning Network is obviously a really big deal because currently there are more actually, there are about 16,000 Lightning nodes out there and there's about 14,000 hardcore BTC nodes that are out there. So that just goes to show that the scalability of Lightning is out there and the solutions are endless. Now, there is there has been a new pro- formal protocol proposal to the Lightning Network. And the next story that Nick and I wanted to highlight is one that was on Bitcoin Magazine written by... Brian Trolls, who 
let me tell you something. He doesn't care that you care about Bitcoin. He doesn't care that we care that you care that anybody cares about Bitcoin. Bitcoin does not care about you. And that is how Brian feels. So I like reading his articles and Antoine Riard's Lightning Network proposal will mitigate channel jamming attacks. And so I read this article and it has something to do with the fact that Lightning is definitely open to denial of service attacks. And so to make Bitcoin, obviously the layer two, or sorry, to make Lightning, obviously the layer two of Bitcoin, it's going to have a lot of throughput. It's going to have a lot of transactions. And there is somewhat of a problem if somebody wanted to overload those transactions right now, it would almost be impossible to kind of send. And it could, in essence, kind of disrupt everything that's going on with the Lightning Network and Lightning Nodes. So it looks like the proposal is to almost attach essentially a, not, I don't want to say a token because it doesn't really reference a token in here. It more references essentially, okay, we're all going to have uh, Uber profiles basically where we get rated by other people uh, and whether nodes will validate your transaction or not. Uh, and you're going to hold these tokens in essence to like, if you do not have enough to send, then you can wait and you kind of like are hodling these tokens until you can send your lightning transaction. Uh, basically instead of, you know, somebody overtaking the lightning network and just providing denial of service attacks the entire time. I mean, a lot of this stuff with the lightning network, uh, is a little bit outside of me and Nick's computer science knowledge. But what I can tell you from being in Bitcoin is that the proposals I see like these, uh, it obviously might hurt the friction in terms of like transactions being sent quickly, instantly, like we're talking about over to the Philippines. Uh, but also, usually if they're this complicated and they involve adding uh, a token on top of Bitcoin, it usually doesn't usually doesn't go through. But uh, I don't know, Nick, I don't know what you make of this. I don't know how much you're into what problems could be on Lightning. But obviously, Lightning's not perfect yet. And I think this is an important time maybe to remind people on the Satoshi Saturday that Lightning only has 5,000 Bitcoin on it. It is not Bitcoin. It is essentially, I view it as an exchange still for Bitcoin. Uh, but I do appreciate that there are always people out there working this hard on potential problems, potential denial of service attacks. This just goes to show uh, why Bitcoin and ultimately why I do think Lightning will scale and become successful. Um, but I don't know. I, I, there's not much for me to take away from this proposal, Nick. I just thought it was a really interesting story about, obviously, the biggest thing in Bitcoin is lightning and it's not perfect. And so this was probably the first article I read in a while where it was like, hey, lightning's not perfect. This might be a potential problem. And here's a solution for it. I guess other potential problems. And we'll move on to the next story is MicroStrategy acquiring more Bitcoin. And I think, Nick, you told me the number is 132,500 Bitcoin. Uh, does MicroStrategy have too much Bitcoin? Um, I don't think micro, MicroStrategy has too much Bitcoin. You know, it's funny. I actually saw something on Twitter. Somebody was calling somebody else out literally for that. And they were talking about the centralization of all this Bitcoin. Um, think of MicroStrategy, for example, right there. They're acquiring so much Bitcoin because they have all of this capital, available capital. And it was like, this guy was like, well, don't be so upset about them because they're stacking more Bitcoin than you are. Like, that's just that's just how it is. And, and also, too, what's different, right, is 
Um, I think in the dollar world, it's easy to it's easy to hold all of this money and never and never part with it. But in a sound money world like Bitcoin, or with a sound money with a sound money like Bitcoin, if you want to do anything, like you are going to have to use your Bitcoin, right? That yep. that Bitcoin is always going to be circulating because there is a limited amount of it. Right. And also, I think it's important to note, uh, it, they just have the UTXOs for Bitcoin. So they do obviously have the money, but they're not taking over hash rate. Uh, Bitcoin is not centralized now just because somebody has a lot of it. That doesn't really make Bitcoin centralized. Uh, and what people need to understand is what is decentralized about Bitcoin is the mining process and how the incentives program kind of aligns and keeps everybody apart and also just, you know, kind of in their own lane doing their thing. Uh I don't think it's bad. Now, I'm really interested in the other part of it is they not only have acquired it, they not only uh, did the whole tax loss harvesting thing, which is, you know, probably good education for everybody out there with where Bitcoin currently is. If you have the ability to sell it and rebuy it, sell it and rebuy it and take the loss, take your take your write off. Uh, They might already know you have the Bitcoin, but they obviously sold, I think it was 750 Bitcoin at a loss of who knows how much and then rebought obviously a whole bunch more so they're obviously affirming their commitment to the bitcoin network but the other thing that had came out was we want to make it possible for any enterprise to spin up lightning infrastructure in an afternoon so i think that might be more exciting than the sheer fact that they have a bunch of this bitcoin MicroStrategy is now really interested in providing solutions I don't know exactly what solutions they're looking to provide just yet, but I can imagine they want to get into the payment processor game. I can imagine they're going to tip their hat into some kind of game. I even read some of they're looking for a developer. But yeah. Nick, if you had 132,000 Bitcoin, do you have any ideas of like lightning ideas, cool ways to make things cheaper? I mean, because that's 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 all I can imagine they're doing right now is sitting there going, all right, like we have a lot of Bitcoin. And we do really like this stuff, but how do we help grow the network? And I, I don't know if the network itself needs MicroStrategy to do anything like we were saying, but it doesn't hurt when a big player wants to also help the network grow. And I think that's something to remember. But yeah, uh, other than that, guys, it has been a slow week in the bear market. Uh, we picked a hell of a Satoshi Saturday to probably do this episode. I found a few things out there, but... Me and Nick look forward to continuing doing maybe some more short form content where we're just going to throw these stories at you and we're going to read the articles. And if we can make sense of it to you, we will. And if we can't, we're probably going to start getting people on here to give us two minute snippets of what the hell is actually going on. Because (laughs) the Bitcoin network, along with what's going on in Lightning, is far, far too important for nobody to be highlighting all the great things that are going on uh, in the Bitcoin ecosystem. So. Yeah, That's all I have for you guys today. Nick, if you want to close us out, I think this is a good point. Yeah, uh, I guess final thought on uh, the Lightning Network. I think uh, I think the fun part about the Lightning Network, you mentioned it earlier, right? The Lightning Network is not Bitcoin. Uh, I, we suggest you buy Bitcoin and self-custody that Bitcoin. If you can, use all Bitcoin-centric uh, companies in order to do that. Um, we do have previous episodes from the Nick and Griff show that show you how to buy and self custody using different exchanges and different types of wallets. Um, so, so keep that in mind. But also, I think the Lightning Network provides an interesting opportunity for competition, and that is for the user experience. Right? 
Um, you know, Strike is doing a really good job of that right now. Their platform is super simple to use. It's very straightforward. There's not a lot of bells and whistles to it. But I think that we are going to see more development on the Lightning Network that allows you to buy and sell Bitcoin, that allows you to track your, your purchases and your sales. It allows you to track standard metrics in the network. I think that we're just going to see more robust user interfaces. Um, you're going to be able to find more information in more centralized areas. Now, again, this is on the Lightning Network. This is layer two. So this is where the competition uh, has an opportunity to happen, right? There's an opportunity for competition, but utilizing the decentralized infrastructure of Bitcoin to build upon. Um, so I think that's an interesting thought. Yeah, Griff, I, I am excited about doing some Satoshi Saturdays. I think that our long form content is really fun. I think that this is going to be a, a really fun way to um, get connected with more people with a shorter form content, a shorter show um, that's that's a little bit more packed with more information versus us just kind of talking and chatting back and forth about different ideas. Uh, but uh, so, so keeping that in mind, updates, we are still going to be doing the Nick and Griff show. That's going to be now a once a month show um, where we're going to do longer form content, just like we have been. And then this Satoshi Saturday show is going to be done every single week. And I don't know, maybe we do three a month and one Nick and Griff show. Maybe we do four Satoshi Saturdays and one Nick and Griff show a month. Um, we'll kind of see what that fleshes out, what you guys think about it. Um, but the Nick and Griff show will be moved to once a month. Satoshi Saturdays will be a weekly show, and man, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be fun. People need to hear what's going on in a network that never inflates, where one Bitcoin always equals one Bitcoin. Um, yeah, come check us out on Twitter. It's at Nick and Griff Show. It's all spelled out, NYC, or at N-Y-C-A-N-D-G-R-I-F-F. S-H-O-W, Nick and Griff Show. If you're not watching video, we've got video on Spotify and on YouTube. So go check out the video. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.